Hey listeners, this is Albert Luna, Editor-in-Chief here at The Roundup. Before we get into today's sports podcast, just want to take a minute to say that this episode of the NMSU Roundup Sports Podcast is brought to you by the NMSU Air Force ROTC and their A&M Day. It's going to be on Thursday, March 29th from 1 to 4.30 p.m. right here on the Pride Field on campus. It's free admission, open to the public. They're going to have uh, food, uh, some games, music, prizes, um, and just kind of talk to some recruiters about um, joining uh, the Air Force ROTC and uh, just kind of more or less like what they have to offer and things like that. So I'd encourage everyone to go check that out. Again, that's going to be tomorrow. So if this podcast is posting on a Wednesday, it'll be tomorrow, the 29th of March. So go check that out. Uh, NMSU Air Force ROTC A&M Day, Thursday, 29th of March, 1 to 4, 30, Pride Field. Also, just want to remind everyone to check us out on the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to look up NMSU Roundup. You'll find our podcast feed there where you can subscribe to us, um, give us ratings, as well as uh, give us comments on on the podcast as well. And we'll also be updating our um, SoundCloud, and we're actually going to be on Spotify hopefully very soon in the next week or two. So a lot of things to look forward to with this podcast. And with that being said, we'll now jump into the NMSU Roundup Sports Podcast uh, with Derek Gonzalez. Take it away. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Derek Gonzalez, the managing editor here at The Roundup. Um, thank you for listening to The Roundup Sports Podcast today. Um, obviously, we, we didn't have a uh, podcast there for a couple weeks because uh, we were on spring break. Um, today, I'm not really joined by anyone. It's just myself. There's a lot of things I'd like to talk about, um, namely the uh, NCAA tournament game that New Mexico State played in against Clemson. I was able to make the trip out to San Diego um, it was about an 11-hour drive west. Um, I was able to uh, be accompanied by a couple of my friends, so it was a neat deal to be able to see you know, my friends in the stands and things like that, but um, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I got to meet a lot of cool people. Um, I got to see Jeff Grammer and Mark Rudy, which was really cool. Got pictures with them. Um, a couple things I did do before the game. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you're probably a little familiar with what happened to me. Um, there was a press conference the day before the game and, um, periscoping is always something I've done, um, for really important Aggie, uh, sporting events. And for some reason, I just, I guess I didn't read the rule book and, um, for NCAA tournaments and, and things like that, you're not allowed to live stream any, any kind of press conference. So that was my first strike. Uh, that was my first NCAA violation. And then the next day I get there. Keep in mind the Aggies don't play until the – they're literally the final game of the first round. And um, I think they played at 7 o'clock um, Pacific time. Well, that Friday morning, I was at the arena by about 8.30. Um, yeah, a little a little, a little early there on the on the gun. But um, I, I went into into the arena and, and tried to get familiar with where everything was and things like that, where my seat was going to be. So I, I walk into the to the main flooring and um, you know I'm just trying to take some pictures of you know an empty arena and all of a sudden New Mexico State takes the floor in their practice gear and I was like you know what cool they're probably just getting like a like a shoot around this morning in, in preparation um, of the game tonight and then um, so I, I sit down and I'm uploading pictures and then all I hear is John Vu yell at me saying I'm not supposed to be in the 
arena yet because it was a close practice. So I was like, wow, that's that's two strikes. Luckily, I only got to two strikes. So, um, I mean, I uh, Wichita State and uh, Marshall played the first game, and that was a that was a thriller. You know, Marshall shot shot the heck out the ball. Uh, John Almore was honestly one of the more impressive players I've seen in person. He just he lit up the Shockers. Um, in my bracket, I had Wichita State going all the way to the Final Four, and yeah, their run ended kind of quickly there in San Diego. Uh, the second game was um, Murray State and um, West Virginia, and that was a good game as well. Uh, Murray State featured uh, Sean Buchanan's brother Shaq. And, you know, that's probably a really neat thing for the Buchanan family. I know Mark Rudy and a couple other uh, media outlets wrote a really neat feature story on on how that went. So I bet that was a really neat deal for them. Uh, West Virginia won, advanced to the next round. The third game was Auburn and the Carl, uh, excuse me, the College of Charleston. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but that was a really good game as well. Auburn really struggled from the field and um, College of Charleston really had a physical presence up front and was able to hang in the game for the most part. Auburn was able to, you know, make some key plays, uh, lay in the game, and and survive to to make it to the round of 32. And lastly, uh, it was Clemson and New Mexico State. I'm um, looking a little bit at the numbers in this game. Um, to be completely honest with you, I thought New Mexico State's 68 points. Um, if they were going to win, I thought that's where they needed to kind of score. Um, I thought where the game was kind of won was – in Clemson just shooting a really high percentage from the field they shot 50 55.9% which is well above what NMSU had been allowing um at a at an average point this season so um yeah it was weird and you know um Gabe DeVoe Sheldon Mitchell Marquise Reed um they combined uh to score um 40 60 points between the three of them and you know that's tough you know when you're um when you're a lower seed you still need things to go right for you to win a NCAA tournament game. And Clemson had an above-average night from the field, and I thought that was the difference. Um, Clemson had 18 points off of turnovers compared to New Mexico State's eight points off of turnovers. And obviously, um, when you're you know not as skilled or as athletic as the team you're playing against, you can't really afford to beat yourself. And, you know, NMSU did that at times. Um, Zach Lofton went out. You know, shoot or shoot, and he went out his career. He uh, he was 29 points. He couldn't have really done much more. Nine of 18 from the field, seven of eight from the line. Um, Jamario Jones, uh, 13 points, 14 rebounds. You know, you, you know what you were gonna get with him in the game. Brought a lot of energy. Um, you know, I thought the Aggies did their best. Um, you know, they competed hard, and they lost to a better team that had seen better opponents uh, more recently. I mean, Clemson's last game before playing New Mexico State was against Virginia, which is which was statistically the best defensive team in the country. And, you know, New Mexico State, having gone through whack play, it had been a while since they had seen um, the caliber of athletes that Clemson had. I mean, Miami, USC, um, to a little bit of a lesser extent, Illinois. Um, Davidson had some pretty good athletes as well. So it had been kind of a while, and, you know, New Mexico State did their best, and, you know, they came up a little bit short. Um, I think one thing that kind of I was thinking about, and and I've talked about it with a couple of colleagues, is, um, you know, just with the NCAA tournament, you're always looking for the upset. And it was no secret coming into the week that 
New Mexico State was being picked by a lot of people, not only to beat Clemson, but to make it all the way to the Sweet 16. And kind of, you know, now that the dust has kind of settled, I think maybe that talk kind of hurt New Mexico State. I don't think they bought into it. Um, I, they, they, I'm sure they prepared hard and well and respected Clemson, but I think what all that talk and noise did was really prepare Clemson. And, you know, they, New Mexico State did not sneak up on Clemson because I'm sure it was, it was locker room talk between the coaching staff and the players, even though Coach Brad Brunel said that it was something that really wasn't talked about. I'm sure, you know, the kids got on Twitter and, and, and saw the news that a lot of people just really thought that New Mexico State was going to win the game. So, you know, they had to bring one of their better efforts of the year to beat a really good New Mexico State team, and that's what they did. So New Mexico State finished 28-6, and six, identical to last season's record. Phenomenal job by Chris Jans, to be completely honest with you. Um, people coming into this year kind of didn't really know what to expect. They got off to a shaky start, to say the least. You know, struggled in their exhibition games, got blown out by Texas Tech. It wasn't looking good. And, you know, I think those losses and those struggles early on in the year propelled the players into buying into Coach Jan's system. And that's the result. 28-6, and six, um, really with only a few guys that, that Jance had brought in himself. So it'll be interesting to see how the program looks going forward once Coach Jans is able to recruit his own guys. Um, they lose they lose some really good players, obviously, in WAC Player of the Year and uh, honorable mention All-American uh, Jamario Jones, uh, Zach Lofton, uh, Jonathan Wilkins, who was a starter and, and honestly played a pretty decent game against Clemson. And then the hometown kid himself, Joe Garza. You know, those would be four tough guys to replace. But here he has... Um, a few guys lined up for next year. Uh, Jojo Zamora is a guy I've seen um, during shoot-arounds. Um, when I get to the Pan American Center too early for those games, I see him um, getting his workout in, and, and he looks good. He looks capable of kind of stepping into a Zach Lofton-type role for the Aggies next year. Um, he'll be a graduate transfer um, as well from the University of Utah, and I do expect Jojo to come in and provide a scoring punch and I, I just don't see too much of a difference between his game and Zach Lofton's. And that's also what I've been told from a couple players as well. So that'll be a good deal. Um, Jabari Rice, he's a 6'4", 160-pound freshman that'll be coming in. And, you know, he'll provide some uh, backcourt depth. Um, C.J. Bobbitt, uh, a transfer from the University of Denver. He's a lefty, 6'7", 225, long arms. He'll be able to come in and provide some, uh, some frontcourt depth. Um, he has a really nice mid-range game. And um, it will be a nice addition to the team. Uh, Coach Jans, in his final press conference of the year, talked a lot about needing to go out and get some big men. Um, I, I do agree with that. Um, replacing Wilkins. And they just really, besides him, um, you know, Chua's only 6'7". You know, he plays big inside. But maybe just to have a little more height inside, maybe a rim protector, a guy that can, you know, block shots and things like that. I think that would be really good for Coach Jans. Um, obviously, with him having a full offseason to kind of recruit um, I think he'll he'll bring in some really talented guys. Um, he has a lot to sell at this point. Back-to-back um, 28 win seasons. Um, obviously, they're starting to beef up their non-conference schedule, which I think is really good because you can you're able to sell to players that they're going to play on national television against you know really good teams. And um, you know it was something that uh, Coach Weir had talked about wanting to do, and and Mocha shared that sentiment with him which was the reason why they played in the Diamond Hand Classic this year. 
So next year, I I do think that they'll probably try to get into those those tournaments as well, which are really hard to get into. But I think you know they'll do their best in getting into those tournaments. So it'll be a good deal. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I think one thing that kind of needs to be talked about a little bit is um, Coach Jans and and his contract situation. Um, obviously, he had a really impressive first year, but he was one of the lower paid um, coaches in basketball in, in in division one basketball i think if the number off the top of my head i think he was tied with texas southern's mike davis um in terms of uh, base salary um that's something that's going to need a change um and i'm hoping with the next president coming in this summer that uh heavier emphasis will be placed on kind of um putting resources into athletics um one real neat thing about this ncaa tournament is there's been two um, you know, smaller schools that have really taken off um, and kind of caught the eye in the hearts of America, and that's um, UMBC. Obviously, they beat Virginia and, you know, kind of became darlings for a couple days, and they'll be remembered in in history for forever. But if you look on their Twitter, um, you know, they've been really emphasizing um, tweeting out links to enroll into the university. I believe the last number I saw and forgive me for forgetting my source, but I think their enrollment for next year increased 400%, which is insane. Uh, Loyola Chicago, obviously they're in the final four. Um, you know, Porter Mosier's done a great job there getting his guys ready to play. And, you know, they, they prepare well. But also with them, you know, they're getting a lot of publicity. Um, Sister Jean is someone that is, you know, captured the hearts of America as well. So it'll be a good deal. Um, but I, I, I think that New Mexico State does need to um, beef up Coach Jan's contract. Um, obviously, with, with some job openings, um, there were some little, you know, some questionable sources tweeting off about Coach Jan's um, in regards to the Louisville um, head coaching job, the Pitt head coaching job. I don't really worry too much about those, um, those Power Five jobs. The way I kind of see things is, you know, there's the Power Fives. And then there's the high-quality mid-major conferences. And then there's the low – there's three tiers, the Power Fives or the Power Conferences, the uh, like the Mountain West, um, Conference USA's, the West Coast Conferences. Those are That's the second tier. And the third tier is, unfortunately, like the WAC, um, the Southland Conference, and, you know, the smaller conferences, the SWAC and things like that. And it's unfortunate that NMSU – is affiliated with that third tier. But I think, and this is just my opinion, is um, it's hard for me to see a scenario where Kojans would be able to go from a, you know, a tier three conference to a tier one conference. Um, you know, my worry, I guess, for um, Aggie fans is the trickle-down effect from these Power Five jobs opening. Um, obviously, Chris Mack um, left... Um, Xavier to go to Louisville well who are they going to hire and then who are they going to hire and I feel like that trickle-down effect could eventually at some point maybe not this year but in the future affect um, New Mexico State but I think the best way to be kind of proactive in in keeping Coach Jans here as long as possible is by kind of just trying to beef up and and increase his base salary and his incentives as much as he can um, comparable to regional universities that NMSU competes with on a daily basis. Um, obviously, the assistants deserve, you know, some kind of token of appreciation for what they did. 
And I think just with the success, you, you know, you got to invest resources into the things that are successful. And I think I'm, I'm just I, I have a really good feeling. Obviously, I don't know who the next president's going to be, but I have a great feeling that whoever that person is, they will, I guess, be a little more modern in their approach. And they will hopefully um, give not only men's basketball, but all the sports at New Mexico State the resources they deserve and need to be successful against um, regional universities and eventually and hopefully one day um, against um, national teams. Um, for example, Eric Musselman at the University of Nevada, um, you know, they did a great job in, in, in keeping him this year after he almost took the California job last year and they made it to a Sweet 16. Why can't that be New Mexico State? I mean, they used to be in the same conference not too that not long ago. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this summer. I think a lot of people are kind of looking towards that time where a new president kind of takes over to see what happens. But men's basketball had a great year, uh, far exceeded expectations. And it'll be interesting to see this summer how, how things turn out. But um, after the Final Four, I'm sure um, there will be some more um, hirings and firings and things like that. Um, you know, and with success, you know, his name's going to be Coach Jan's name's going to be talked about a lot. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, I just wanted to sign off with men's basketball, talk a little bit of my experience. And um, hopefully next week or in the future with our next podcast, we can bring in a baseball or softball player. But thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.